Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and from the studio that brought you Black Widow versus Disney and Black Widow's $100 million mistake comes Scarlett Johansson Disney settle explosive Black Widow lawsuit. But before we can start reading up on the substance of what was reported yesterday, we kind of have to go back and explain to folks that maybe didn't watch those earlier videos what was happening here. Because I think it's very easy, as I was guilty of when I first saw that Scarlett Johansson was suing Disney, to assume that the big bad evil corporation is just breaching its agreement willy-nilly. And as we know, that isn't quite the case. The crux of Ms. Johansson's lawsuit against Disney is that the phrase wide theatrical release refers to an exclusive wide theatrical release when, at least as presented in her lawsuit, the word exclusive doesn't appear to be present in the document itself. Now, that doesn't mean that Scarlett Johansson loses her case. She claims that there's an industry standard here, that wide theatrical release means only wide and theatrical, and she might have, well, won the day. But Disney didn't help itself at all as part of this when they came back firing as soon as the lawsuit was mentioned with the following. There is no merit whatsoever to this filing. Good so far, Disney. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, Disney. Did you respond to a lawsuit by actually claiming that the other side, who is claiming that you breached a contract with them, isn't taking into account the proper effects of the pandemic? That's never going to win the day. Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. So, the battle is joined. We've got Disney with an argument that says, hey, it doesn't say exclusive, we can put it on other places and we're going to make her more money, and also impugning her good name in the process. We have Scarlett Johansson's team that says, no, no, this is always meant exclusive, Streaming hasn't been around long enough to have the contracts actually say all this stuff up front. And so the court should use good faith, fair dealing to establish that Disney is in the wrong. Now, in respect of that $100 million mistake, later on, it came out in a Wall Street Journal article that the original ask from Scarlett Johansson's team as part of this before the lawsuit was filed was for an $80 million additional payment on top of the $20 million guarantee that she was already getting that was referenced by Disney in their statement. Or as GameSpot reported, after Disney Marvel announced that Black Widow would have a simultaneous release on Disney Plus and in theaters, Johansson's lawyers came to the movie studio asking for an $80 million payment to make up for the shift to at-home streaming. To come up with the number, Johansson's team estimated that Black Widow would have made $1.2 billion at the box office in pre-pandemic times. Johansson would also be paid $20 million as a starting salary for a total of $100 million for Black Widow. And in that earlier video, which you can absolutely check out, this is a trilogy of sorts, we did a little Black Widow math, right? We said, okay, if they think by virtue of her contract, she's owed $80 million out of a $1.2 billion worldwide gross, that means they think she was owed about six and two thirds percent of that gross. And we can continue doing math. We can go and we can look at comparable releases here in the pandemic, find out that, oh, if it had made 370 million, which is an important number for this discussion, We'll take a look at that in just a second. She would have been owed $24.68 million on that same kind of metric. And if we do include the Disney Plus money in that account, which it would appear that Disney is doing, at least they reference the Disney Plus money as accruing to Scarlett Johansson's benefit in the statement that they make even after being sued, 
she would have been owed another $31 million. This is actually using their math when they asked for $80 million. And I called it a $100 million mistake because when you go very, very far over the number that you really want, you can occasionally trip the other side into just not returning your calls and otherwise treating you as a belligerent adjutant. And I do think that's what happened here a little bit. Now that $470 million number is just assuming that Disney Plus made something like $100 million. The first announcement from Disney was $60 million during that opening weekend. But we are assuming for this purpose that Disney had intended to pay for the Disney Plus number, which at least we can assume based on the statement they made as part of the lawsuit. Now, with all that as background, you would get to a place where you'd have total compensation of about 44 to $51 million, a $24 million payment to a $31 million payment. You want to keep those numbers in mind because we do have at least one party claiming they know what this settlement actually resulted in from Disney to Scarlett Johansson. But first, let's take a look at how The Hollywood Reporter puts it. Scarlett Johansson and Disney have settled a breach of contract lawsuit over the star's Black Widow payday, The Hollywood Reporter has learned. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. More on that in a second. I am happy to have resolved our differences with Disney, stated Johansson. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come. Or as Disney put it, I'm very pleased that we've been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. And I don't really have any doubt that they're looking to make money with each other, and both sides probably think that that can happen with the help of the other side. And so these statements aren't exactly lies, but they do point a flashlight or a spotlight at the issue that we have in lawsuits of all kinds. As we say in virtual reality, mostly these business dealings are business dealings. They're fighting over dollars at the table, under it, or otherwise. And so all of that anger, all of those statements that were made as part of the lawsuit go away in a second. When settlement happens, everybody's thrilled with each other. Everybody's a friend to one another. And that's the end of the story. As far as Scarlett Johansson and Disney want it to be. But, hey, I read deadlines so you don't have to. Disney and Scarlett Johansson resolve bitter Black Widow profits lawsuit. Big dollars win for Oscar nominee. Hmm, interesting, right? We just found out that we don't know the terms of this. But deadline, a bit of a tabloid kind of source for these Hollywood materials, claims that they know more than the other parties. Take this with a giant grain of salt. But we are going to be talking about it as if it's accurate because I think it's interesting to talk about the nature of a settlement. One of the things we've said in virtual legality from the start is that almost all of these civil disputes wind up in settlement. Why is that? Well, because one or both parties doesn't like to litigate things in the court of public opinion, doesn't want to go through discovery, doesn't want to go through the time and effort of a trial or paying lawyers. Lawyers, as much as I love them, hey, I am one, are a deadweight cost to these kinds of things. If you could know before you started that a two-year process in which you'd pay lawyers $150,000 was just going to result in you owing somebody, oh, I don't know, let's pull a number out of the air, $40 million, then you would just say, okay, I'll pay the $40 million without the years of litigation and without paying the lawyers. If everybody had perfect information, everything would settle because the litigation process is time consuming and costly. So in this case, that's no exception. We're going to talk about how the environment since the lawsuit was filed has basically made it more clear 
what both sides should be expecting in terms of a dollar amount. But here's what Deadline reported. As is almost always the case in cases like this, neither side gave any indication of how much money was involved in the settlement. However, when all is said and done, the deal will run to more than $40 million. Sources tell me. Accordingly, the funds will not be paid by Disney in a single lump sum if you pick up the creative accounting I'm putting down. And I apologize for the voice there. I can't read Deadline in anything other but Leslie Nope of Parks and Rec does Headlines voice. In any event, as you can tell from the single sentence devoted to this on Deadline, we don't know if they are pulling these facts out of nothing. They don't even give any reference to the sources tell me side of things. But if she got $40 million extra dollars, Based on the math that we previously did, as we talked about in the introduction to this video, you can see she'd be doing a little bit better than we would have projected just on the numbers that we were using. She has $20 million in base comp. She'd get $40 million. That would put her number at $60 million. Certainly not the $100 million that she apparently asked for, but better even than the high end of $100 million from Disney+. Plus. Now, there's a couple of things that go into that. One, we have no idea how much money Disney Plus actually made. And that's part of the tension and friction here for all actors and actresses when they're looking at this kind of issue, right? There is transparency, at least some, to a box office return. So you can base contracts on, okay, I can get X percentage of the gross revenue because places on the internet and elsewhere are going to report on that global gross revenue. Nobody knows what Disney Plus made except Disney. That's proprietary data. And actually getting that shared with Disney is going to be difficult. We've talked in other instances here in virtual legality about the fact that, oh, Apple could potentially go get money from folks that pay for things outside of their ecosystem if they use a link, as the judges required in the lawsuit that they recently lost in part. And folks have said, well, how could they possibly know? And we said, well, there's contract rights. You can go say, I get to audit you. You're going to report in your books and records to me how much money you made. You can have that happen with the Disney pluses of the world, but it's always going to be a little bit questionable. And Hollywood is known for nothing, if not questionable accounting methods. That's how most of these lawsuits wind up happening. Still, even if you assume Disney plus made more than $100 million, $60 million is a pretty significant amount of money for Scarlett Johansson's work here. And, and even better than we would have estimated she could have done based on the contract terms itself. So what happened here? Well, a couple of things. One, as we pointed out, nothing good happened from Disney's initial response here. To some extent, Disney was losing the public relations battle, right? When you go out and you say, well, she already has $20 million. And oh, by the way, can you believe she's suing us during the middle of this pandemic? If you're a multinational global corporation that basically owns almost every bit of media on earth, nobody is going to side with you on a statement like that. This was a mistake. And like any mistake, especially in litigation, it's going to cost you. You're going to pay a little bit extra because you said something like that. You impugned her good name. She's going to be a little bit more angry. Sitting at the settlement table, it's going to cost you a little bit, which is exactly why, as part of this process, they were trying to kick this out to arbitration, right? And if you go and you look at some of the articles that I've quoted here, I will, of course, link them in the description of this video. You will see that references made to arbitration, that in all likelihood, what happened here was that they tried to go around the horn from an existing arbitration clause in their contract by suing Disney and not Marvel. And for the most part, a lot of folks think that wouldn't have worked. I tend to agree that these kinds of issues wind up in arbitration because they are agreed to in a commercial context. And 
that's better for both sides usually because any mud flinging or elsewise is going to happen behind closed doors. Scarlett Johansson's team, however, wanted it to be public. And so they brought it in a court of law, even if they would ultimately lose on a motion to drag it into arbitration, a motion that Disney brought and was going to be considered basically next in the flow of the courtroom. And once it goes behind those closed doors, Scarlett Johansson's team has lost any of the public opinion benefit that they would otherwise have. The other thing that happened here is that there was a release of a theatrical exclusive movie that was enormously widely received and to, on the Tamamometer here on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience score and elsewhere. And even though it was so widely and well-received, it didn't do that great in the box office. It certainly did great for pandemic times. And one of the things we talked about in our videos in this series is that Scarlett Johansson's team had taken a bet that they should get these points on the gross revenue on the assumption that the environment to sell movies into would be different than it is in 2021. And that sucks for them. It, it's terrible for Disney. It's terrible for us. We'd love to go to the movies more often. We'd love to see more movies getting made big and proud on these theater screens, but that's not the world in which we live today. So it was always a mistake for Scarlett Johansson's team to roll in and say, we should get money based on $1.2 billion. Because when you look at Shang-Chi's number and a lot of people really like this movie, it broke a lot of records over Labor Day. It stars someone that's still living in the relevant cinematic universe and has been framed in a number of advertisements as being one of the new Avengers. And it's got global revenues right now of $366 million, which is a nice number in the pandemic, but it's not even as much as Black Widow's $377 million, plus the premier access money that was made selling it to folks streaming it at home. So once this happens, you've got this comparison point. Shang-Chi, not available on Disney+, Plus, not available on Premier Access, only available in theaters, widely released, beloved, right? 92%, 98%. Haven't seen this movie myself, but everybody else seems to like it. And it comes in at that $370 million number, which basically marks success in 2021. You've got the piece of evidence that you need, really on both sides, but certainly on Disney's side to say, look, you were owed a certain amount of money on this gross revenue. We're going to pay you that, undoubtedly. At no point did Disney actually argue that they weren't going to pay her that. They talked about enhancing ability to earn additional compensation from Disney Plus and the theatrical release, etc. But that $370 million number is basically a reasonable cap. Now, you can argue this, right? You can say, well, Black Widow was one of the original Avengers. She's been around a lot longer than Shang-Chi that nobody had ever heard about. And I'll listen to you which is why you're going to get a bump, right? Especially when you're in major litigation, you're going to get a bump. You're going to get that Disney Plus money, which maybe takes you to 470. And apparently you're going to get a little bit more money on top of that, which is going to drive you to this $40 million settlement. Again, we're taking the deadline. News as sacrosanct, you shouldn't do that. Uh, it may or may not be $40 million. It's interesting that one of the things that that deadline article suggests is that they're going to pay it using creative accounting, which is just them talking about multiple payments instead of one payment. But at the end of the day, you've got all these situations happening. And at the same time, you've got Disney's stock price not really doing what the lawsuit claimed it would do. That putting Black Widow on Disney Plus was deliberately designed to drive the stock price up. And Walt Disney Company was accruing all these profits to itself at the expense of Scarlett Johansson. 
And regardless of whether they do Black Widow on Premier Access, Shang-Chi not on Premier Access, Disney's stock is all over the place. And certainly most recently, they're having trouble because it's a pandemic and they're a media entertainment company. And that also, again, highlights issues with the overall thesis of Scarlett Johansson and her team's case. So what I think winds up happening here is essentially that Scarlett Johansson and her team bring this litigation because they think they're owed more money. Who can blame them? They're certainly owed something under the contract they entered into. Based on the math that they present, I would estimate that that was going to be somewhere in the 25 to $31 million neighborhood. And by virtue of the litigation, Disney gives them some extra money to make people happy. They know they stuck their foot in their mouth as part of this process. But if you're asking the question, who wins on this? I don't think there really is a winner. I think Disney looks bad. I think Scarlett Johansson got pretty close to what the contract, based on her own team's math, suggests she would have gotten anyway with maybe a eight or $9 million bump. Not bad if you can get it. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, this entire saga should be viewed as essentially an example of why things settle, why things are handled through behind the scenes action, through closed door meetings and phone calls, because mostly this didn't work out well for anyone. But Scarlett Johansson maybe got a little bit more than she otherwise would have. This has been a short update on the Scarlett Johansson versus Disney saga. This appears to be the end of that saga, unlike some other playlists we're doing here on the channel, which I highly recommend you check out. But if you are interested in discussions of the business and law of pop culture, movies, MCU stuff, video games, software, technology, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got other ways to support the channel below or just subscribing, telling your friends, upvotes, downvotes, and comments. Every single little bit helps. And I thank you very much for doing it. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Thank you.